Combo Nation, we're here. And September is here as well. And I wanted to take a second to talk about self-care. When it comes to making an impression, proper grooming is essential to looking and feeling your best when you walk into a room. That's why the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, are committed to helping men around the world walk and talk with some swagger this season with the best grooming tools on the market. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and enjoy this offer. 20% off and free shipping with the code COMBO at manscaped.com. The star of the show is that lawnmower 4.0. I really enjoyed wearing the Manscaped boxers. Very comfy. Don't neglect yourself and get right this summer with Manscaped. Discount code COMBO, 20% off, free shipping. Combo Nation, we are here for another episode of Combo's Court. Pierre of Through the Wire joins in. To talk New York Knicks. Do we still have faith in Ben Simmons? Who would win in an all star game with the world versus USA? And much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Pierre. Go subscribe to Through the Wire. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Pierre, what's new, man? What's the vibes, my guy? First and foremost, I think we got the same mic. Is yeah, my, sh- mine's just gray. Yours is just a different color than mine. Yeah, we got the same <laughs> mic. Look at look at us. We twinning. We should have done this a long time ago, man. We got to get more in sync. We've been doing this a long time. We didn't even have the same mic, but we used to be just recording on a phone through IG Live. So yes. We, we, we've been through a lot, man. The crazy thing is we actually met each other in the flesh. And it didn't, you know what? You told me this last time we talked, like it felt like you were my neighbor. Like we see each other every day. Mm-hmm. I saw you and seeing you was much more regular than the other people that I met for the first time. It was like, oh, that's, that's big bro combo. I was actually introducing you to people as if I had, if, if we met 15 years ago, like, oh, this, this is my guy combo. Y'all know combo combo. You know that, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's very shout out to the internet, man. Shout out to the internet. The internet got a lot of different negatives to it. But the fact that we were able to build a relationship uh, for so many years without knowing each other to the point where my dad, when I'm on the phone, he asks about you. <laughs> um, he's like, man, y'all y'all don't do the Instagram no more. How combo doing? He's still doing his thing. You know, so now that and even when you when I talk to you, you ask about EJ. That's a real relationship. I know people in my real, real life who don't ask about my brother or who who my pops uh, knows of. So uh, the fact that the Internet let that materialize it's kind of it's kind of crazy it's kind of dope that that was what i was going to say we've been doing this for a long time we've we met in person in the flesh the one thing we have not done is this in the flesh that's still to be to be uh be determined i got i got some ideas for that we're going to talk after the recording because that's more logistics than anything i don't know if the people want to hear all that they'll just want to see it happen but after this pod we're going to talk about that and try and make that happen I think me and you both, you and I both, let me work on my correct grammar. We've been, we've been, I mean, we've been all over the place this summer. Um, You've been going hard with the live shows. Mm. I just want to know what have you learned from that experience of having live shows? And on top of that, when did that start? That did not start this summer. You've been doing that a while already, right? 
Well, it was supposed to take off years ago, but we were stopped by the pandemic. Literally, when the NCAA basketball year got suspended, we were supposed to go to Philadelphia. And when they suspended um, the NCAA, that's when we called HOH and was like, yeah, I don't think we want to go. Because they it was still in the air, like, you know, it's a sting, the coronavirus. And it was so new that it was just like kind of loose and it was like do you guys still want to go are you comfortable it was like yeah we should be fine but when they canceled the the college basketball year and how much money that makes that i immediately was like yo i think that means we need to stay our ass home but um it, it was stopped because of the pandemic and now all of those shows that we were supposed to do we're now doing in 2023 we've done live shows before throughout the company and tied into different things but this mm-hmm. is the first like spot like it's presented and promoted as a through the wire tour. You're solely there for through the wire versus like we've done open and night type live shows where, you know, it's the first night in the NBA, but this is the first through the wire centric show. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too podcast nerdy here, but there's like levels to podcasting. Like for me, it started on the phone then it was virtual. Then it's in person. And then now you're doing live shows. What have you learned from doing live shows and how is it different? Like how different is that dynamic? What I've learned is that first and foremost, um, with our podcast is like, you don't understand the impact because like when you're on a computer and somebody's like, man, I, I really rock with y'all or I really like y'all show. I love y'all. It's just a word. Right. But when you go to different store, I mean, different cities and different states, even countries, because we, we just did uh, Toronto. So when you see it in person, the love in person makes you put things into perspective. You know, somebody driving seven hours to come see you somebody catching a flight to to come see you, somebody standing in line for three hours, somebody waiting in line for an additional three hours at the end of the show to have the meeting greet and get your autograph and take a pitch. Like all of that, that just puts it into, into perspective. As far as performing a live show, I think that's, that's the difference is you're performing. But for me, I'm such an entertainer by heart that it's no difference. But I will say for anybody that's used to just sitting there and you're just recording, you do have to entertain you're there to entertain those people want to be entertained so um i always crack jokes i always talk and but i'll i I feel like i can now bring those people through that camera into the show live so i'll I'll chat with somebody or i'll hear the things that they say or we'll let them participate in certain things and make noise for you know we, we do like a city draft so if we were in New York, we would have a draft around New York related things. It could be anything. It could be a you can you could draft the chopped cheese. You could draft the farm berries. You know you about the chopped cheese, P? Yeah. I, yo, I, you're yo, you're a real New Yorker at heart. And I've known about the, <laughs> I've known about the chopped cheese way before TikTok existed. Cause now now everybody's kind of catching on. But I've known about the chopped cheese for for a while now, just because uh Dave East. Dave East put me on the chopped cheese okay. like seven years ago. I'm like, what the hell is that? But uh yeah, that would be that. That would be the only difference is like performing and and bringing those viewers into the show more because they're right in front of you instead of through a screen. So, you know, when you when you spew out a opinion and they don't agree and they have a reaction, you don't feel that through the internet. But in real life, it's like, hold up, why you why you boo why you boo that pick I made? What, like, what you got against this player? What well, you don't you don't like uh, this guy? And now they can have that back and forth. And then it's also the Q&A. We do a Q&A at the end of every show and uh, to be able to answer the, the specific questions they have, whether it's basketball related, whether it's life advice, podcast advice, um, that just gives you a different fold. But to see to see the people in front of you and to see love 
um, become tangible and in front of your face and you can, you know, get a feel for it, it just puts it into a different perspective. I feel like the great part of your pod is that the people that listen really feel like they're a part of the friend group. Somebody told us that um, yeah. because they access something. They act, what did they act? We this last show they asked something. Oh, they were like, "How do you not get starstruck when you talk to players?" And I told them, "I love. I lo- I've been involved in basketball and love basketball so much that like some of these guys, I literally grew up watching everything. I watched them in high school. I watched them in college. I watched them rookie. I watched them turn to all stars, MVPs, win championships. I feel like I know guys. So when mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant dies, you know the first thing I do as a grown man, I cry and I call my parents." Because it feels like my uncle just died. You know, I never met the man in my life. So when you have that type of love and that type of feel, when I get around certain people, it's the same way when I met you. It's just like, I'm not going to be nervous, awkward, or standoffish. I feel like I know you. And I have that same type of feel with the players. So it's nothing to slide right in and sit next to him and talk to him. Because it's like, I know Anthony Edwards. I never met him. And I don't, I don't really know him. But I feel like I do. And, you know, majority of the time you get a good gripe on it because uh, social media. I think if this was early 2000s before Instagram and, and YouTube, you maybe not know these type of people's personalities. But with the Internet, you can see Anthony Edwards streaming on Twitch and you can see oh, he's a, he likes to joke. He likes to talk shit. He's more closed off. You know, he's more serious. He's more you can get it, you know, so. Um, and I said, when, when we said that, somebody told me after the show, like, man, what you said about the players and feeling like, you know, them, I feel that way about y'all. Like, I really feel like y'all are my, my, my older friends and I'm a part of y'all friend group. And I was like, that, that's like the best message I can get, because that's, that's what you try to convey and create, um, through the lens is a relationship that people feel is there and real because, you know, it is for the most part. We've getting we're getting so big that yeah, it's hard to talk to three hundred thousand of the subscribers or however many subscribers we have on or followers on TikTok, the hundreds of thousands. But it's like I've had instances where I've cashed that fans' money because I felt that they, you know, I'll get a message that I genuinely feel. Sometimes you get a message and you ignore it because you probably think it's bullshit or I'm just not believing you. But I've gotten messages before from a person or kids. And I really feel like they're telling the truth. They didn't have nothing to eat that day. They're in college. And so I've cashed that for fans $15 before. I've gotten fans things for their for their birthdays. That that's real. You know what I'm saying? And so that's that's what you that's what you try to create with these with these shows or anything that you do, I would say. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you said you kind of know people because of what they put out on social media, but I feel like you know people even more once you have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And when you obviously, I mean, you guys we're at Studio J talking to the Splash Brothers. What did you learn about them in the conversation that you didn't really know before? Because as I just said, like, it's just different once you have a conversation with somebody. I would say that they are who they advertise themselves to be. You know, I yeah. think some things can be tough to gauge in, uh, in this. What is the word I even want to use? I don't even want to say this industry because it make it can translate to music, actors, just fame in general, you have certain people who they're going to do the right thing. They're going to say political correct things. They're going to have an image, an image. People have images. That don't they you wanna... feel? Don't you feel there's less of that now? Uh, in general, or with basketball? In general, because everything comes out at this point with like social media. Anyway, it, it's not as much of a facade as it used to be. You, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's right. Yeah, you're right. Everything does eventually. I guess that's why. It's more mind-boggling when people still try to keep up images. 
because yeah. it's like it's going to come to light at some yeah. point because it's like it's inevitable. So you're right. It, it's I think people are a little bit more people are a lot more authentic to them true selves. Yeah. And I think that's one of the positive things from the Internet. I think I've had those type of conversations with like uh, friends and my girlfriend and like I, that's one thing I like about the the uh, the Internet. It kind of incentivizes everybody to be themselves, because back in the day, if you were going to middle school and you were in a comic books, you might have went to a school where nobody else liked comic books. So you just kind of fell out of place. But now that kid who might like something that isn't the most popular thing in their area or their town or their school, they can go on Twitter and be a part of a community that everybody loves that direct thing. So they're not so left out. You know what I mean? If you you might grow up in a town where nobody likes sports. It's just it's a blue collar town. It's a small town. They think trying to go to the NBA or trying to be a basketball player or football, they think that's stupid. They're, that's you're never you'll never accomplish that. You may that be like, that's like that's like the opposite of where I grew up. <laughs> the yeah, mentality. It is, it is same. <laughs> but those type of towns do exist where it's like small, you know, tight knit towns where it's just like we just work hard and we we stay in our community. But you might have that one kid that's like, man, I'm going to the NBA. And they may be able to live that dream and have a little bit more access to that dream because of the internet. Now they can go find like-minded people on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And you can build a relationship, kind of like me and you. They can never meet, but they can talk and communicate every day, inspire each other, motivate each other. Um, and so, yeah, but that's one thing I did learn about them. They are who they are as advertised. They're good dudes. They clean cut. Um, they're personable people. And I think that's always the most refreshing thing to to see when you meet real superstars. I've met people before that ain't real superstars and they act like they are. And it's like, you, you're crazy. You, you, you know what? Not. You'd be surprised. It's more of ones that aren't real superstars that have a higher chance yes. of acting like that. Yes. Because it, we were, I don't know what it is. They're trying to prove something, you know? When we were in Vegas, I kind of, I got, I, some rookies just ignored me. I was just say what up and that I liked the game. And he just walked right past me like I didn't exist. They no acknowledgement. Some rookies in the NBA. They were at the summer league. But I'll but I'll I'll see a DeMar DeRozan and he'll stop and say what's up. So it's like you got this dude who's a Hall of Famer, and you got you ain't who, who ain't done, but you you too good <laughs> to talk to me. But that this dude who has put in a decade of work can stop and say what up. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you will be surprised. The this the real superstars, I guess they don't have to act as much as the guys that are trying to put on that image or that facade or a lot of themselves that they are above. So um yeah, you're right on the head with that whether they're familiar with your work or not, no one should act like that. Like, ever. no. Yeah. Because you know I could have I mean? been a fan. I could have just been a fan on the team you got drafted to. Yeah. So I didn't even say it as if like, they should know me. I was just like, yo, Pierre, you, you could be anything. You could be working in the building. I mean, you are True. at work, but you could be at a concession stand, but exactly. You shouldn't treat anybody like that. You mm -hmm. know, I could be the agent of one of their teammates. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, even from a business perspective, that is yeah. true. I don't want to say it's too long on Summer League, but some of the guys that jumped out to me in Summer League that mm -hmm. I'm actually higher on now, Asar Thompson, um, Scoot. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody loves Scoot, but I was with Consensus, and now I'm a little bit higher. Cam was on your show out there. Man, he mm -hmm. like I think if he got some serious minutes, he would be a Rookie of the Year candidate. Yes. But, but who jumped out in Summer League for you? Keontae George. I already knew Keontae George was good, but... He looked a lot more comfortable with the ball in his hands to be maybe a point guard, um, a score first point guard out of the pick and roll. And again, it's just summer league, so I take it with a grain of salt. But guys who jumped out, he was one of them. Um, definitely love the performance that I got from uh, Scoot Henderson when we, when we saw him play. Um, and somebody else stood out. My mind is going blank. Summer league feels like a long time ago. 
Um, you know what stood out to me? I got we we as a basketball community, we got to chill on Vic because mm. it may take some time. I, I my biggest fear is that Vic don't he he doesn't come in and crushes the league from day one, which is like not that big of a deal. But people are going to react like it is. If Vic comes in and he's not like this mo this dominant player, I think that's okay. He's a rookie. Um, he's a teenager. He has to grow into his body and learn the nuances of the game, especially as being a a, a go to guy at the NBA level. He still has to grow into his body as far as physical. Oh, Chet, Chet stood out too. Chet stood out too. Um, and I just don't want the NBA world to put too much on on Vic because we 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 do a disservice to our game when we do that. Like it takes time to be a dominant NBA player. This is the best of the best. So let's not build up on this dude if he don't come out and and I think he's gonna be. I think he he is he. It's impossible for him to be bad. He's not gonna be bad, but people are saying his career is a bust if he's not. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon type talent. It's just like, bro, that's an unfair statement to put on a 19-year-old kid. He's a kid. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I agree with you. Like, there's no issue if he doesn't start out incredible, right? But yeah. I also I also would say, like, what if he plays the rest of those summer league games? It might get crazy because from game one to game two, and it didn't even – it felt like there was so much – more he can improve on even in game two and he dropped like 27. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that goes from like whatever he dropped in game one game two, he has 27. I don't know if he doesn't drop 35, 40 eventually. Like, I don't no, know. Yeah. But that first game was just the immediate reminder because it was summer league. That is going to happen in the actual NBA season. Oh yeah. So we have to prepare ourselves. I think people seen the hype and they get to this point where, like, they're not going to let that young man struggle. And that's inevitable. He's going to have those type of nights. So I, I just don't want the basketball community to be like, look, I told y'all. Look, he ain't good. He's a butt. It's just because it's just like it's going to happen. It's in that. So the, the fact that the first ever game in summer league was not the best performance, I think, was great in the long run for him versus him. If he just came into the summer league and dominated, I think that would have been bad because then people would have really expected it in the NBA. And the NBA is an entirely different monster. He's going to be facing up with actual Joel Embiid's and DeMontis Sabonis's and guys who are bruisers, vets, who are going to have a lot more size and skill than the opponents he played in summer league. So I think the fact that he struggled was a little good for him in the long run because um, it's going to happen. Just just off the simple fact that he's just a 19-year-old. Like, it's supposed to happen. We, you should, we shouldn't want, as fans, we shouldn't want somebody to be able to come in and dominate the NBA. This is the best of the best. So it should take you some time to have to come in and get get it get it together. That's people think like dominate first year, like dominate, like that's what tough. are we talking about? Yeah, that's yeah, that, I mean, not two. This ain't two K. <laughs> that's a Keontae. I totally agree with you. The performance was undeniable. I would say he's smaller than I thought, though. As far as height, just everything. Well, he definitely lost weight. He lost first weight. Of he all. lost a lot and, of weight. And like him and Jordan Hawkins, they're a little bit smaller than I thought watching them in person. Okay, so yeah, see, we interviewed Jordan Hawkins at the draft combine, so I was able to see him, and then I saw it on the court, obviously. Keontae, we didn't interview for whatever reason. I don't think Keontae was on our list, so I didn't get the chance to really see him up close. He actually watches our show, so I wish we would have. That's dope. That's dope. If somebody's like really familiar with your work to the point where they watch it, and then you have an interview with them, that's like dope vibes. For real, that's how the Thompson twins were. They were like, "Man, you know, we I we actually watch y'all," and I was like, "Oh, damn, okay." 
Yeah, what jumped out about them was, I mean, a men, the twitchy athleticism, very elite, right? Very elite. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see as many people as twitchy as him. And then a star, just like a very good basketball, basketball player. Basketball player, yes. With elite athleticism. Like, how yes. could that How could that go wrong? Yeah, I, I, I'm a very appreciative person of really good basketball player. Even without the athleticism, I just love really, really, really good basketball. Like Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is just a really good basketball player. Um, but yeah, that both of those young men are good. Um, I love the, the teams that they went to. I think they kind of fit what's going on. The youth movements of Detroit and Houston, I think they really fit in. And I think Houston really hit it on the head to get Cam Whitmore at 20 and for him to have. I put stock into the performances he had because he fell. So I'm glad he took that chip and put it on his shoulder and he he showed it um, in the summer league. It was re- I think that was really good for him and really good for his confidence uh, for the Houston Rockets, because, yeah, that was a lot for him to go from a guy who pe- teams thought could go as high as four. And then on draft night, he's dropped all the way down to 20. I can imagine what that could do to your your psyche and your confidence as a basketball player. So I think it was good for them to allow him to really, uh, really, really spread his wings. I love what Jalen Duran was doing for the Pistons as well. Um, I'm looking yeah. for another big year for him. And I'm trying to think um, the the Hornets, the Hornets got to get some together with their youth. Uh, I, I like Brandon Miller. I think he's going to be good with LaMelo, but they just play, they played a lot of poor basketball. They got to really go in there and really reconstruct the rest of the youth down there. Cause I think that's where the direction of their team is going to be. LaMelo is going to be good. I think Brandon Miller is going to be good. Mark Williams is going to be good. It's those others because I think every great team has a diamond in the rough, like the late hit, like, um, I mean, the diamond in the rough could be PJ PJ Washington. I like PJ Washington. I'm glad they brought him back. I'm, yeah, I'm, but do you look at him as a youthful player still? I know he's what not it, thirty. What, what he's twenty five, I think. But he's playing the league for what six years now. So you're saying you don't see like another leap? No, 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 no. I just think that he's kind of above the the youth as far as experience. Because I I, I, like, I I know what I'm getting from him. I feel like he could do what he does on a winning team, and then he'll be like one of those players that has like a perceived leap. Like, oh, P.J. Washington, even though he's kind of always been good, but now he's part of a winning team. I agree with that, because if he did everything he did last year or the previous years with the Miami Heat, definitely, definitely we look at him a lot different. But that's yeah, what I'm saying. I know what I, I know what I can count on him for, and I know what to expect. They have some guys that are still young, so we don't, we don't even know what they are, but I think it's time for us to know what they are. Like, what is James Booknight? It's tough with him because on the court, it's not looking great. And then he got the off the court stuff, too. It's just tough. Ty Jones, what is he? Yeah, I don't know. So it's like some of these guys, they got they ha- they haven't done well. Like player yeah. development wise, the Hornets have not done well. And I, I just think that great teams have those diamonds in a rough where it's um, I, I hate to use this example. because It's one of the best, but Draymond Green with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, Even when the Rockets got Clint Capella, like. You got, you got to get these guys who aren't necessarily like the top 10 and fall in your lap talents. Um, DeMontis Sabonis wasn't necessarily like this top 10 pick. Kevin Herter. You're like, the, it's a lot of guys that help teams that ha- that weren't like the obvious top 10 lottery picks. So um, I think teams like Charlotte, you're getting the Mellows, you're getting the Brandon Millers. Those are good, but those are falling in your laps. You have to also hit on some late, and they could. Maybe Nick Smith Jr. is the, the guy. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. But I'm looking at that part for some of these rebuilding teams. You know, there's talk about having the All Star Game change to World versus USA. Who do you think would take that? 
off the top of my my head, I'm gonna go world. But just because of the top heavy, I automatically think of Giannis, Jokic, Luka. Am I forgetting anybody? Sabonis plays for the world. Um, SGA. SGA plays for the. That's another team we should talk. FIBA Canada. Uh, RJ Barrett and Dylan Brooks just had a stinker. But um, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into the things <laughs> in a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, SGA. Who else did we forget? So our star lineup is Luka, SGA, and then our front court is Jokic. Giannis, Giannis. Jokic. Yep. Joel Embiid is on the world team. Of course. So Giannis is your three. So let's just go with the five. That's the five for them, right? We got the five. So, I mean, it's Steph, LeBron, KD, maybe D-Book in there. I think Anthony Edwards gets in that mix eventually, to be honest. I I'm sure we're missing somebody, but. Yeah. The, give me the world right now. <laughs> give me the world, man. Give me the world. Yeah. Steph, we got Steph, Durant, LeBron. Who's our center? AD. Anthony Davis. And then, yeah, I think you do have to go to Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the best shooting guard in the NBA. Yeah. I think we're both going world. Yeah. Now, it's a different conversation if I know what Kawhi Leonard I'm getting. Or even PG off the bench. That's tough. Mm -hmm. PG off the bench? Yeah. But if you tell me I can get Kawhi Kawhi that was giving the Suns hell in the playoffs, Steph Curry, Kawhi, Durant, Braun, Anthony Davis, I like that. That's a dog fight. It's a good game. Yeah, that's a good, a really game. good game. Do you think they should do it? They should do that. They should, <laughs> unless unless we get to the bench and we see that the world ain't got too many bench options. That's why I get my concern that because then what? Who comes off the bench for the world? Um, so you got what Jamal Murray? I guess <laughs> Jamal Murray may make an All Star game finally, and then after that though, what else? What else is out? Who else is out there? Trying to think. Oh, marketing. Yeah, Laurie marketing. Josh, Josh Giddy comes off the bench. You see, that's a problem. If Josh Giddy is making their All Star team, that's bad because he's not an All Star in the NBA. So they they they're now dipping. Are we getting the old Ben Simmons? I, I'm missing. I, I'm missing some. Oh, Ben. We might have to. We might have to talk about Ben Simmons, man. Because like for for all the things we hit on, for all the things I hit on over the years, you know, Tyrese, Tyrese, Anthony Edwards, Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. We were very high on Ben Simmons. I'm I still P, am. P, P, I got to ask you this. Have you lost faith in Ben Simmons? No, this is the year. This is the year where it either is make or break for me. He has to show me something or I'm like, uh, nah, I'm done with this. What are this the keys? For, what, what are the keys for Ben? The key for Ben is number one, to be healthy. At this point, we just need to see him on the floor and um, be a star in his role. I think at this point, nobody cares if Ben Simmons shoots threes or not. We haven't seen him play basketball. So it's like at this point, Ben, I always joke on our part. At this point, Ben, if you don't want to shoot threes, Ben, don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. Don't, don't, we're not going to ask you to shoot him no more. Just play. Play and play the game that made you an all-NBA player and all-defensive player. Because at this point, people would die to get that version of Ben Simmons now. It's like when we had that version of Ben Simmons, all we talked about is the deficiencies and what he could do to be better. But now that that's gone, we'll just take what we used to have. You know, it's like we took it for granted to the point where it's now it's now like, all right, Ben, we're not going to criticize you for not shooting. Just give us 17, 8, and 8 with all defensive defense. And if you put that on this Brooklyn Nets team with Mikael Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and who, who am I forgetting? Cam Johnson. I feel like I'm forgetting. Uh, Nick Claxton. This team could be really, really be a fun, young Eastern Conference team. Hey, we've been talking about this kind of team for Ben for years. For years. We were like, surround him against guys that are 
surround him with guys that are lob threats, mm-hmm. shooting, kind of what Giannis had. Like we always wanted to see that for Ben. So if Ben could get anywhere close to where Ben was with Philly, I mean, it could be scary the way he pushes in transition, it really could. the way he finishes, the way he finds people, his IQ at that size, like Brooklyn Nets could make a push if they Ben could. could be Ben. Yeah, they really, they really, really, they were, they were all right. They weren't as good as when they had KD and Kyrie, obviously, but they was eyed after got, the trade. Mikel. <laughs> yeah, Mikel <laughs> and Cam Johnson, man, with those two guys spotting up while Ben is is working his magic, that would that would be dangerous. Maybe small ball five action unlocked. We can, yeah. you know, let's shift. Let's shift to the other New York team. I mean, you are a New York Knicks fan through mm-hmm. and through. What are the X factors for this team, P? The X factors are Jalen Brunson continuing to push to be our overall best player. Um, it's no shot at Julius Randle. I just think that the playoffs and some of the regular season showed we go as Jalen Brunson go. If you go and you look back at those games, the games that Jalen Brunson struggled in at playoffs, we lost. We didn't have a chance to win. And the games where he performed, we either almost won and it was a close fight or we did pull it off. So I look at that and I say he has to be the engine and everybody else has to kind of come in and compliment him some. Um, and another X factor, I think, is the depth where we figure out how we're using a Dante DiVincenzo, Emmanuel Quickly, Josh Hart. Like, where do those guys fit in at? And then lastly, I think Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. I think Quentin Grimes is one of the one of the um, X factors for our team in the starting lineup. I love the way he defends, catch and shoots. He reminds me of the prototypical Tom Thibodeau type of player where he just plays hard. And he does everything he needs to do for us to win. And I think the X factor for Knicks fans is to stop trying to push R.J. Barrett into something that he may not be. I think if we accept R.J. Barrett for who he is and what he does, we'll have a lot more easier time. Um, But I think putting these expectations, wanting him to be a 25-point scorer, wanting him to be an all-star, it may not be in the cards for him, but he's a really good player if if you just accept who he is. But once you add these expectations that we haven't seen, it makes R.J. kind of dip. But if you just take him for face value of what he gives you, he's a really, really good solid wing, especially on this team with Brunson, Randall, Mitchell, and then the bench pieces that we have. To be true title contenders, do you feel that RJ, you know, you're saying he is what he is and that's okay. Do you, Does he have to be more consistent, though? To be a title contender, yeah. I think everybody on his team outside of Jalen Brunson has to be more consistent. Julius Randle has to be more consistent. Mitchell Robinson has to be that monster that he can be on the interior more consistently. The bench is going to have to be a lot more consistent. Hart, Hart um, has to make threes from the corner, I think. Hart has to make threes. And not yeah. only does Hart have to make threes, Hart has to – he has to not be the only one that has Hart. No pun intended. Ooh, um, even when he's not making the perimeter shots – the effort he plays with makes up for it. And I think we need more of that mentality on the Knicks because we have guys like like Julius. My biggest bone to pick with Julius is sometimes when he's not having his best offensive game, it affects everything else he's doing on the court. But there's now that you have Brunson, there's value in maybe, all right, this ain't my best shooting game. Well, I'm still Julius Randle. I can go get 15 boards. Like, I'm still, like, a strong, physical monster out there. So I can go get four offensive rebounds this game because my three-point shot not falling. And if we all, if they have that type of mentality, then we'll be able to go far. And everybody needs it. So if Brunson's shot not falling and it's Julius Knight, what can Brunson do to implement his 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 print on the game, his handprint on the game without scoring? Um, so, yeah. Or there's, a, there's this other thing where we can just go trade and get Joel and beat. 
You do you like the idea of that? I'm not mad at it. I like it. Yeah. What you give them RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, draft capital, and what? Uh, oh, they get. Oh, they get to keep Randall. Who? Like you're. You're just. I, like would the Sixers do that when you when you get to keep? Oh, they want Randall. We'll give them Randall. Whoa. I'll give them Randall. But I, they're not going to want somebody though, and they're not probably. They're probably not going. So they'll probably get Mitchell Robinson just because center, 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 center swap. And then yeah, you want Julius or you want RJ? I would think that the Sixers would want RJ. And if you were the Knicks, you would do both. Yeah, you would do both. What like both trades or both players? Both players, like RJ and Julius. I, like I just don't know if that leaves you with enough left. I mean, exactly. Embiid is great, but I, just yes. Brunson and Embiid, it's tough. Sounds like the same team he had in Philadelphia. Yeah. Or not as good. Not as good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you probably don't get both. But knowing Philly, they probably they would pro Philly would probably want Mitchell Robinson. Philly would really want somebody like quickly or Grimes. Because they're going to a youth movement. So it's like, why do we want Julius Randle? Mm. One thing about Maury, he's not going to get finessed. I'll tell you that. Like he's going to hold nah, out. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. yeah. He's not. Or we just waiting we get Giannis in 2025. Yeah. All right, last thing before we get out of here, P. You know, heart got heart. You're already spinning bars. Who are P's top five rappers? All right, not consensus, not even greatest, just P's top five, like personal P. That um, I'm listening to right now? You could add that in there. You could go all time. Like for me, oh, all time. Okay. Like, like I'll go Benny, Jay, Jadakiss first and foremost. Ooh, I got to go. Uh, this is tough. Maybe Wayne and J. Cole. I know I'm missing somebody. Okay. okay. I know I know I'm missing somebody probably from my personal favorite, but those are probably my five. But who are yours? All time. I'm going to go to all time route. Um, Definitely Nas. Okay. Definitely Nas. I'm going to also go Jay-Z. So that's two. Two New Yorkers. Give me a, give me Drizzy Drake. That's what I was missing. On mine. <laughs> um, J. Cole. And my last one, I need something different. You can't leave out Jada. You cannot leave out Jada, my guy. I am going to leave out Jada. Okay. I, I like Jada, but y'all knew you're a New Yorker. You're so a like, New, yo, you're a New Yorker through and through. First of all, you got two guys and your top five from New York are ready. Uh -huh. Actually, J. Cole went to college in New York. You talked yes, about he chopped, did. you talked about chopped cheese. Your favorite team is the Knicks. Come on, man. I damn near it. I'm yeah, I'm you're right. I'm damn near a New Yorker. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Jada though. Jada is Jada is like that. I, I'm fully understanding. Jada is like that. I'm just trying to think of do I who do I want to put at five? Because you got I could do Kanye, represent Chicago. I mean, through the wire. That makes exactly. sense. Exactly. I could <laughs> I could turn myself up and do future. Uh you got 50 cents still. Future is a sleeper for me. Like I, yeah, because I listen to a lot of future, you know. Yeah, I love Future. So, future, uh, you know what? Future kind of bridged the gap from the old to the new in a way. You think so? I think so. I think a lot of that, I think a lot of now is influenced by Lil Wayne Future. Oh, see, that's the other fifth. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's my fifth. What am I doing? I be, Yo, I've been thinking that like on the low, Lil Wayne could be the greatest. Like, like if you say, if you, if somebody says Lil Wayne's the greatest, there's not too much argument because of, the, longe because of the longevity uh, with the peak. It's not his peak is unwittable in my opinion. Where he loses is the longevity because his music he's still around, but his music isn't as impactful. Like every time Jay drops, still it's super, 
It, it, that the reason for that is Jay drops less, so everybody's waiting for it. But Jay also aged better. Wayne is what thir- in his late thirties, talking about some uh, Wheezy F baby and the F is for front uh, f- phenomenal. Like at a certain age, you have to grow with your music, and I think nobody has aged better with their music than Jay Z. Four 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 is like a great conceptual, honest, mature album. I think when you get a certain age. People don't want to hear you rapping about like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a maturity level. It's like Eminem. Eminem. I think Eminem is a phenomenal rapper. He's he did not. Rapper. He did not age well. He did not age well. I can't go back and listen. He did not age well, man. Yo, did you ever look at his YouTube views? Yo, it's it's like something crazy, bro. Like you ever go on a YouTube and it's not your TV, so it's not your algorithm. It'll like randomly put Eminem first. Oh no, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, it's like I think it was like. Billions and billions. And no, he does. He has what song? He has one particular song. I think it's like in the uh, in the twenty billions or something. Something crazy. The first time I seen that, it was a non-rap artist. It was like, uh, what is it? Is it Sam Smith who had the Stay song or they something got like that? Crazy views. Yeah, I'm talking like I could. I you gotta Google like is that is that is that billion or trillion? Nah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> is that an <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there those views are crazy. But yeah, I I think that's where it, the back half of Wayne's catalog, it don't shape up with Jay's. Fair. P, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Everybody knows where they can find you, but for those that don't, I mean, maybe there's somebody out there listening that does it. Where where can we find you, man? Pee-wee the plug on everything, man. If you type in Pee-wee the plug and anybody else come up, we have a problem. It should just be me. Um, shout out to my boy Combo. Hopefully next time y'all see one of these, we doing it in person. Um, I got to get out to New York more. Well, well last time I was well, out that, there, if you come to New York, we can make that happen. Yeah, person. that's easy. Yeah, we got to do it in New York. It would only feel right if we did it in New York. Oh, okay, okay, fair. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find a way to to make that happen. But um, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Appreciate talk, you, bro. Talk soon, my bro. There it was. Another episode of Combos Court is in the books. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Big shouts to P for joining in. We always appreciate you. You can catch me on IG at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. YouTube, Combo TV, all caps. Have some full episodes up there. Have a lot of YouTube shorts up there. Think you'll enjoy that. And be on the lookout for episode 506, Combo, out.